Welcome to Healthcare Experience Matters. This podcast is brought to you by the Healthcare Experience Foundation and is dedicated to transforming the healthcare experience so that every person can receive and deliver the best care. We invite you to learn more by visiting healthcareexperience.org. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to Healthcare Experience Matters. I really think you're going to enjoy today's episode. I have Dr. Tammy Chang with me, and we are going to cover a lot today. And so I just want to start out by asking her to tell us a little bit about her professional background and what she does now. You bet. Thanks so much for having me today. I'm a practicing, I'm still practicing medicine. I'm a practicing pediatric hematology oncology physician half the time. And the other half of the time, I am the medical director of provider wellness for my very large healthcare system out on the West Coast. So I get the chance to be involved in wellness initiatives throughout our healthcare system really every day. So I love that. That's my professional role. And outside of work, I'm also a professional and certified executive coach and an author, a speaker. I'm also deeply passionate about women and women's leadership and women physicians and our next generation of women physicians. So that's a lot of what I do outside of work as well. Absolutely. And I want to ask you about your book later in the podcast, because I think there's a lot that our listeners would like to hear about um, with the research that went into it and all that type of thing. But before I ask you about the book, just remind us why it's crucial for women physicians to reframe how they think when it comes to putting themselves first. I know that's something that you do a lot of work around. Yeah, I actually think it's not even women physicians. I think it's everyone in healthcare. Maybe it's every single human being, but especially those of us in healthcare, because we are in such a helping service field. And we're the vast majority of what I think is wonderful about working in healthcare is that the very vast majority of us who work there, and I almost think almost everyone, there's a sense of meaning and deeper purpose behind why we chose that. We could work in any industry, right? And so there is that common ground and that common desire to do good, to help help other people. So whether that's patients, that's our community, whether that's cultivating a safe and supportive work environment so that we can deliver that that safe and wonderful experience for our patients in our communities. So we actually think that really extends to every single one of us in healthcare, regardless of our gender. That's very well said. And I want to shift the discussion now to mental health. With people being so busy and so many things to take care of, work life, personal life, et cetera, Why is it important for physicians to at least start the conversations about mental health and its importance and kind of ending any of the stigma that might be surrounded seeking help for mental health? What what are your thoughts on that? You're actually hitting upon a topic I'm I'm so so passionate about. And it's because I I think it mental health knows no bound there's no boundaries. It's it affects every single one of us as human beings. And that's the patients, that's employees, that's healthcare workers, it's physicians, it's nurses, it's leaders, it's executive leaders. And we've seen that, right? We've seen it. The reality, we're almost, we're two years into this pandemic and we have really truly seen the levels of distress in healthcare um, and honestly, levels of distress in our our mental health across the board. So I, I, 
it's actually kind of a rare example when someone isn't isn't or hasn't been struggling with something on some level, whether whether it's a true, you know, it, whether it's actually diagnostic of a mental health concern or even just symptoms of it. So it could be feeling blue, just blah, or feeling anxious. You know, if you actually look at the current, the most recent surveys that have come out, at least among physicians, I know the physician data really well. And that's over over ninety percent of physicians are actually reporting symptoms of depression or anxiety, right? And I mean that's almost everyone. And reality is, I, I think that's the case in our population as a whole. And so, of course, we, I think that's actually one of the greatest things we can do to help our patients and communities now, regardless of whether it's a virtual visit or it's in person. A big part of what we do is in our healing is actually just that interaction and creating that safe and supportive space for our patients. And that in itself is, is the opening piece, right. To being able to discuss or even bring up mental health and mental, mental health support, because honestly, everyone needs it. I want to ask you about another piece of data here that I found alarming when I was doing some pre-show reading before our interview today, I came across a stat that said 40% of women physicians either go part-time or leave medicine outright within six years of completing their residency. First of all, is this true? And why do you think this happens and what can be done? Yeah, this is the big question right now. That study was done a couple of years ago and was published in the double AMC. So it was a small study but it really is 40% of women physicians and it's six years out of residency training. So it's not even taking into account those who go on to do a fellowship. Like I did an extra three years of training. So we're talking about young, young physicians and we're finally 50, we're finally 50, 50, pretty much 51% of students in medical schools are actually women now, which is a big deal. We want to, we want equity, you know, we just, we just want it equal, (laughs) right? Equity. Um, But women, we're only a third of the the workforce as physicians. So women are, are clearly quitting and, and not lasting. And I think your question about why is, is actually quite complex and there are multiple factors. There's actually a really great uh, study that just got published a couple of weeks ago in Harvard Business Review, and they cite multiple different factors. And I, I think it's complex as well. It, it, it goes as far as culture, right? The culture of our workplaces. Are we supportive of working mothers? But in particular, uh, that you're reaching the, the six years out of training. Most, are, most women are trying to start a family or have young children. So are, is there support for working mothers in the workplace? Is there maternal wall bias? Is there gender bias? Is there support? Are, is there flexibility in the workplace? I think that's a big one for working, working parents, regardless of the gender, now mm-hmm. is just having that flexibility. Is that does that exist, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and are women in physicians? We're talking about women physicians here. Are they able to disconnect from work? And are there pressures to continue to work, even when they're not at work? And then ultimately, there becomes a tipping point, right? Of how much any one human being can take. There is no downtime. If they're not finding that downtime or that balance in any way, that's a that's a huge issue too. So there's multiple factors there. And with the pandemic changing so much, um, it depends, I think, what your role is in healthcare, but everyone has a time where they probably need to be on a Zoom call with their colleagues, you know, even if they're 
clinical in nature. I'm sure there's times where you have to be on a Zoom call with your colleagues for whatever meeting. And of course, we always know maybe a dog or a kid sneaks on the Zoom call. Um, you know, what are your thoughts on there? Should that should that be a little bit more normalized and be like, hey, we all have our normal lives. We're all trying to balance this out. So what? My kid is screaming on a Zoom call. Like, let's laugh about it. You know, what do you think about kind of some of that work-life integration stuff? Oh, I think we have to allow it. I actually think that's maybe one gift of the one silver lining. There are a few silver linings, I think, of this pandemic world we're still living in. But that is that that has become a lot more normalized. And there has been more of there has been more flexibility because some people are able to work from home. And if they're clinical, they can even do telehealth from home. Right. And then and then childcare has been a whole nother issue. Taking and then the child cares are closing all the time, right? Because of out whatever. So, um, it, it there's actually, I, I actually think that's been a huge silver lining. And I, in particular, I actually think of the there's there's organizations out there that are really trying to help mothers re enter the workforce. And the jobs that are really popular are those virtual ones where they can bring their kid to work, right? And they have their kids there, they don't need to send them to daycare, et cetera. So I think having those kinds of flexibility options are huge. And especially, I, I hope that will be become the future of healthcare as well, which is to integrate support for whether it's a mother or father or, or you know, regardless of the gender, that support for having parents working there with childcare, even on site or even the same building, right? Or being able to work from home with their children. I think having that option is, is huge. Now, take me back to your younger years when you were enrolling in med school and stuff like that, what, what want, what made you want to get into this line of work? Did you always think you would be involved in being a pediatric um, oncologist? Did you, did you always kind of know you always wanted to coach people and do both? Take me back to how you thought your journey would go and then kind of how it actually folded out. Oh, sure. So happy to share. Thanks for, for asking that. I'd known from a young age that I wanted to be taking care of patients, to be serving in some way. And I, I really fell in love with oncology and then additionally pediatric oncology while I was a medical student. So when I started my residency, I was an internal medicine pediatrics combined resident. And I actually knew already when I came in that I wanted to do pediatric oncology. And so I, I continued on. I, I got to train at a wonderful place. I trained at St. Jude, where it was honestly an incredible place to train. And have, I still have incredible mentors who are, are there today. And then I finally left and re- graduated and uh, got to come back home to the Northwest and be a community pediatric hematology oncology doc, which honestly has been, I mean, I, and I work in the most wonderful place. I'm so grateful to get to work here in the hospital I'm in. But even so, even though I had my dream job and I was two hours from where I grew up, Portland, Oregon, I burned out severely five years into being an attending. So I had never considered, I had no idea what coaching was actually until that point. So you asked about, did I ever foresee myself in this coaching world and this uh, personal and professional development world in the wellness world? No, I, I didn't know anything about any of that stuff. And everything about my life today has come out of that period of time. And I'm, I'm intentionally very open about it. And which is why I was so, um, I was, thank you for asking the mental health question earlier, because it's a deep passion of mine. I, I hit rock bottom. I was so severely burnt out that I actually was suicidal five years into being an attending. And I had to actually take a leave of absence 
got a lot of help. I actually, that's when I discovered coaching. Of course, I had been working with therapists too as well. And it was through that entire experience that everything about my life has come out of now. And that's why I'm so passionate about everything I do now. If someone's listening to this podcast and they are in the same shoes that you were in back when you were feeling at your lowest, what would you tell them right now? Yeah. When we're in that state and, you know, I, I, I know the numbers for physicians. I know one in physicians have the highest rate of suicide of all any profession and one in five physicians has considered suicide. And I honestly think that number is underreported because of the stigma. And the reality is, I, I think the first number one take home point is that you are not alone. That's actually why I share my story so openly. And I intentionally, and I'm very open about it at work. I actually, I'm the director of, of wellness on purpose because I actually share this at every single meeting to our 20,000 employees. I've shared this live stream to our employees. And it, I mean, I think that's huge that my healthcare system actually has really helped to support that and promote that, um, not only within our system, but in, in our in our community. And so I share that. And the whole point, the purpose is that we want you to know that you're not alone. I mean, one in five physicians, right? That's the 20% of people uh, have considered it. And so it's it's actually it happens a lot. And I've actually come, it, the, the statistics for women, it's even higher and women 400% of uh, f- women physicians are 400% higher risk of dying by suicide than women in the general population. So it's just this culture of silence that we're in. You're not alone. It's okay. <laughs> and that's when you recognize that that's the place you're in now is the time to get help. And I totally understand that when we're in that space, sometimes the thing that the one thing we can't do is just, it just takes that much more energy or effort, right. To reach out and get help. And that's why I'm such a fan of all of us helping each other to put our own oxygen masks on, because sometimes when we're in that space, we can't do it ourselves. Like we can't even see that we're in that space. And so I, I think the key points are you're not alone. It's not only okay to ask for help. It's, it's actually a sign of strength to ask for help and to receive help. To me, that is absolutely a sign of courageous leadership and it is not weakness at all. The fact that you have the self-awareness to know I'm not okay right now and I really need to get help right now, that is huge. And that to me is what a true leader is. So it's not a sign of weakness. It is actually strength. And we got to keep an eye out for each other and help each other do it because often when we're in that place, we can't do it for ourselves. And I'm just curious, back when you were going through these 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 darker days, so to speak, was it obvious to other people or was it kind of clear to other people that you were going through something like this, or was it something more of an internal battle that you really didn't, um, you know, it it didn't become obvious to other people that you were conversing with, say, for example? It's so interesting. I would say the vast majority of my colleagues and people I work with did had no idea. And, and actually when I've now sort of come out and become quite open with the story, I've, the response I've gotten from many people are, wow, you're the last person we would have ever expected to share this story because you seem like you have it all together. Because I I am, I've always been, and I think a lot of people in healthcare are like this, very high achieving, very on top of things, 
right? You're, it's like, oh yeah, I can always rely on Tammy. Like she'll get it done. She'll make sure it happens. Right. And that is who I had always been. And so I think it was actually very, I actually think it's been really valuable for people to hear this message from someone who they had no idea would ever, would never expect to have gone through something like this. And I think it really normalizes this experience. And I hope that's the the key take home from, from that. Definitely. And the reason I ask is because I want to just drive home the point that it might be difficult to pick up on if somebody is going through these difficult situations. It it just adds that much more layers of complexity to this whole conversation, I think. Absolutely. And we're at a time where burnout is at an all-time high, right? And in, in every industry, but especially healthcare. And so none of us are functioning at our highest level. I mean, we're all just doing the best we can. And then those of us might be struggling more and it's even that much harder for us to reach out. So I think it just takes that much more intentionality, especially for those of us who are leaders and have people who report to us, but also those of us who are just keeping an eye out for our colleagues and our peers, our staff, even maybe even people who we report to or who report to us. And we're in any organization. It's just keeping an eye out for everyone around us. How are they doing? Okay. Checking in. I think checking in is huge to be able to do that. Absolutely. And now I want to ask about your book for listeners who might want to read more about your story. Tell me about what went into it. How long did the process take? What kind of research went into it? What do you hope to achieve for those that read it? And we will provide a link to it in um, the podcast description. So if they do want to check it out, they can learn more there. Oh, absolutely. I wrote it for women physicians. So it's called Boundaries for Women Physicians, Love Your Life and Career in Medicine. And so it's it's really geared toward women physicians, but I, I think there are, there are, there are pieces and, and pearls that hopefully are applicable to any woman in, the, in a professional role. And it's really about, I think the summary is really kind of what you alluded to earlier, which is just the prioritizing self and well, our own well-being before we stop to take care of others. Cause the reality is if we're not okay, we are not having the impact that I know all of us want to have on others and to do the good work that we, we want to be able to do. That's the summary. And then what I really did was break it down. And uh, I, I coach a lot. I've coached probably hundreds of, I don't know how many hundreds of women physicians at this point already, even in just three years, right. This is like my passion. So this is what I do all 24 seven. And it's, what I really created was essentially the themes. I kept hearing the same themes over and over and over again in every, almost every conversation or every coaching conversation or even mentoring conversation with other women. And so what I did was essentially construct a book and a framework for how I work with all of my clients and, and students and mentees and just to how to, how to approach each area of life and have a framework for it and then to break it down into small actionable bite-sized pieces because it's pretty overwhelming to approach this topic. But if we have a little bit of a roadmap, it's always easier. And you asked me about research and data. Yes. Yeah. I, yeah. I was, I was <laughs> yes, curious right, yes, if yes. there, if, I mean, sometimes a memoir is just a memoir and there's no science or research behind it. Um, I was just curious if there was any research elements to it. Yeah. I, I think when we have a predominantly physician audience, uh, we always want to know the data. So I tried to fill it with as much data as I could. And a lot of it too is data that I was unaware of even until after the, my low point three years ago. Like all this data about 40% of women leaving uh, or quitting, going part-time, the rates of suicide, the higher rates of burnout and emotional exhaustion in women that, versus male physicians, all, all this data. And even, even women in the workplace data 
right? The, the women who are leaving the workplace, the, the workload and the mental load at home that women still carry in across the board in all industries. So uh, lack of women in leadership, narrowing of the funnel into leadership. I, I tried to include as much data as possible because I, I want that data too. As a, as a woman physician myself, I want to see the data. Absolutely. A nice balance of storytelling and data. How yeah. can you go wrong with that? <laughs> I want the data too. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's great. So as we work towards wrapping up here today, Dr. Chang, anything else you want to tell us about your story of going beyond surviving, like we were talking about earlier, to, to thriving like you are today? Oh, thanks. I, I think that the key message I'd love to share, and I, I honestly, this is kind of the sum the summary of what I want to share with everyone in general. And this is for everyone, regardless of gender in our role. And especially when we're talking about healthcare, I know that every single, I believe it, every single one of us in healthcare is there for a good reason. We're there out of purpose and meaning, and we're there because we want to do good work and to be compassionate and kind to others and to take care of our patients in our community. And so my only, my largest wish is that you do the same for yourself to give yourself that same compassion that I know you're giving to others. I just want to thank you for having me. It's just a, an honor and a privilege to get to be here and, and talk with you today and, and hopefully share something that's helpful to others. Excellent. I just wanted to give you a chance there to get in the final word. And again, we appreciate your time so much today. And I think I think listeners are, are going to learn a lot from your journey and I, I just, for one, wanted to thank you for your courage in being able to tell your story like that and being so open for other people that can hopefully, you know, seek help if they're going through something like that. Yeah, you're not alone. Thanks again, Dr. Chang. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Healthcare Experience Matters. Healthcare Experience Matters is brought to you by the Healthcare Experience Foundation. To learn more, please visit healthcareexperience.org. That's healthcareexperience.org.